interested in and passionate about doing things that are a little bit different from the norm, let's put it that way. I grew solely on my balcony for five years and I was really creative with the space I had. My balcony is about four meters by one meter, it's a good space and I was able to grow an absolute abundance of produce. You don't have to be a full-blown homesteader. You can employ some of these techniques in an urban setting, in a flat, an apartment, bungalow, house, wherever. Um, urban homestead is often overlooked because you don't have land or you're not raising animals, but your work is still important. Welcome to the Slow Living Collective podcast. I'm Amy, wife, mother of two and homemaker. Come along with me as I share my love for simple living, growing in my allotment garden, diving into what it means to be an urban homesteader and embracing life as a mother and homemaker. Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Slow Living Collective. Thank you so much for joining me today. I want to delve into a topic that I am so excited about. And that is about urban homesteading or maybe apartment homesteading, whether you're living in a house that maybe just has a small garden and you don't have really any land, or whether you're living in a flat or apartment. We currently live in a two-bedroom split-level flat. I want to talk about why homesteading is still a possibility for you. So let me just move my cat out of the way because she's sticking her bum in my face and then let's get going. Honestly, there's something about my cat that as soon as I start talking on the podcast, wherever she is in the house, she migrates my direction. I love her, but she does tend to make lots of scratching noises across the microphone and just purrs a lot, which is lovely, but not today. Thank you very much, Beatrice. So, Urban homesteading. I'm just going to refer to it as urban homesteading. Uh, that will cover you whether you live in a flat or apartment, bungalow, house, whatever. So what is urban homesteading? Well, we're going to dive into that. But first, I want to talk to you guys about how I came across it, how I sort of dived in. And there's something about my being in my 30s, I think it was, that really made me sort of rethink the way I wanted to live my life. I don't think it was anything to do with actually being in my 30s, more so that in my 30s, you know, uh, I would got married uh, the year after I turned 30. I know that sounds like I got married at 31, which I did, but I was just trying to figure it out because I got engaged in the year that I was 30 and then I, I got married very close to uh, my birthday. So I was just trying to figure that out in my head. So I was 31 when I got married. And then we had my daughter when I was 33, maybe? Mm, 34? Who knows? Again, one of those complicated things because her birthday and my birthday are very close together. Honestly, guys, February is the busiest month in our household. There are cards for every event. <laughs> there is H's birthday, there is my birthday, there is our wedding anniversary. It is just busy. So yeah, I had her a couple of years after I got married, let's say that, then I had my son two years after that. And so my 30s have been very busy with life events. We also purchased our home. So we got married, we purchased a home, we've had two children, we've done those life things. And 
I guess those things have come along with me sort of thinking about how I want to live my life. I don't live my life the way I did in my 20s. And yeah, um, a lot of that has revolved around simplifying our life and being more interested in like a homestead life. Now, I mentioned in previous episodes, we are thinking about moving. We are not thinking about moving to purchase some land and, you know, do any of that stuff. That's not on the cards for us. And I'm okay with that. I don't actually think at this part of our life, I actually want to be a homesteader. I want to um, actually just be an urban homesteader and I'm completely happy with that. So if you think you're going to find me living on a farm somewhere, it's not going to happen, I'm afraid. (laughs) Um, But here's the thing, even though I don't have land or pasture and I don't intend to do that, um, I actually live in an area that is incredibly expensive. I live like 20 miles away from central London and land is ridiculously priced, ridiculously priced, as are the houses. Um, so it has occurred to me before, like, could we purchase land and build on it and, and then we've got the land and we do what we want with it. Um, but I kind of feel like that's not where we are in our life at the moment. And I really love where we live. I currently live straddling the town and countryside, you know, best of both worlds. And I really like our lifestyle. So creating our own full-blown homestead was not quite for me either. Not at the moment, at least. So that's when I guess I came across urban homesteading. So we have been living this much more simplified life probably since the birth of our first child, which was just over four years ago, we have tried to sort of switch off from the mainstream of modern society. And, you know, we are interested in and passionate about doing things that are a little bit different from the norm, let's put it that way. We love to not be, you know, part of this sort of capitalist consumer-based society where we can we eat ethically raised meat from regenerative farms. We take a more holistic approach to our health, unless necessary. Um, we live and eat seasonally. We grow our own food on our allotment. We educate our children outside the school system. And we just don't live that fast-paced modern life that society continues to try and push on us. Now, some people might call me a little bit hippie call me that if you like Um, but it's not even that more and more people are completely opting out of the rat race and embracing slowing down and creating a much more simpler lifestyle so when I say a simple life I mean simple as in simplicity not simple as in it's an easy life and sometimes I think there's this little bit of a disconnect when people think about slowing down and running a homestead running a homestead is a lot of hard work running a home is a lot of hard work and I think it's really important to remember that slow and simple isn't supposed to equate to easy and instead it's embracing the slower or more traditional way of doing things creating an urban homestead a regular homestead growing your own vegetable garden isn't always easy but it is fun 
And if you don't find these things fun, then maybe you shouldn't be doing them. Working hard on something you love doesn't make it the opposite of slow and simple. In fact, I would argue that that is the very essence of what builds the simple life that you desire. So what is urban homesteading? So urban homesteading is, you know, applying much of the um, the ideals of homesteading to a more urban setting. So for many people, you know, living in a house with no land or living in a flat or apartment like I do, it it's not possible to be raising chickens or having your own dairy cow. Um, for some people, it's not even possible to grow their own vegetables. We're very lucky that we've got the allotment. And so you can apply many of the um, ideals and techniques of homesteading in your home, whatever your home looks like. All it means is that you might need to outsource some of the things that you cannot have yourself. For example, if your ideal is to have your own dairy cow and consume raw milk, then, but you live in a flat like I do, that's just not possible. So maybe you are able to find a local farm close to you that has dairy cows that you can purchase raw milk from. If you want to um, grow your own vegetables, but you can, you don't have the space to grow as much as you would like, then maybe it's sourcing locally grown vegetables from a farm. Same with me. If you want to eat sort of like ethically reared, regenerative farmed meat, but you don't have the space to do that yourself, then it's finding a source, whether that be locally or whatever, to actually get what you require for your family. And so there are many ways that you can still absolutely apply the, the techniques and ideals of homesteading in a more urban environment. Because most of us don't just have the luxury of going to buy land or living on a small farm or small holding or homestead. Um, but as we've been creating and growing our family over the last four years, um, we have found within our home that you can absolutely create an urban homestead in the space that you have. And whether you live in a flat, apartment, house, bungalow, there are so many ways that you can continue to embrace this kind of life. And like I said, I currently live in a split level flat. I live on the edge of the countryside and the town and I have outdoor space at home of a balcony and those of you who followed me for the longest time will know that I didn't let just having a balcony hold me back in fact I you know I just figured it out as I went along so there are so many different ways that you can just pivot and just redirect yourself and the things that you love from like a homestead in life, you can absolutely apply them and become sort of more self-sufficient, more um, living more locally, living more as much as possible off-grid. Now, while I don't have a farm or a homestead, I have absolutely creatively crafted my own urban homestead. And whether you live in a flat house, bungalow, whatever, I want to help you do the same. So today I want to share my top tips for creating your perfect urban home, 
instead in whatever space you have available and affordably too. So let's start living that life that you keep thinking about without breaking the bank. Okay, so let's get going. So the first thing I want to talk about is creating your own garden and growing your own food. So growing your own produce is a massive part of homesteading and if you have any outdoor space at all, no matter how large or small, then you can create your own garden and grow your own produce. And I want you to start thinking about the space that you do have, if you have space outside, where you can start growing your own produce. If you don't have outdoor space, don't disappear yet, just stay with me because I have some little things that we can, you know, adapt. So I grew solely on my balcony for five years and I was really creative with the space I had. My balcony is about four meters by one meter. It's a good space and I was able to grow an absolute abundance of produce and I used to grow things like, so I've grown cucumbers, lettuces, tomatoes, radishes, all kinds of different sweet peppers. I have grown uh, banana peppers I grew. I have also grown beetroot. I have grown, oh, what else have I grown? I grew carrots on there, difficult, and they weren't that big, but I grew them. You can grow potatoes. You can grow runner beans, you can grow French beans, you can grow peas, you can do anything in a small space. Now, you might not be able to grow enough to be self-sufficient and not need to use uh, any outside tools for your food, but you can grow something. Strawberries is another one. Strawberries are great to grow on a balcony. There are tons. Now, a year ago, we also got ourselves an allotment. It was about 18 months ago now, really, um, which is a small piece of land we rent and we grow our own produce there. And so through this, we have really been able to level up and be more sufficient in the food that we are able to grow. Um, so my biggest tip here would be to evaluate your space and consider what you would benefit from growing the most and what would work in the space you have. If you have a garden, you might find it possible to do a bit more extensive growing compared to a balcony, but you can absolutely do a balcony. And obviously, if you've got allotment, you've got more space as well. If an allotment is something you're thinking of, I know there are sort of different, depending on where you live, depends on the size of the wait list. Like I've heard stories of wait lists like 10 years, but uh, where I live here in Hertfordshire, um, I waited just over a year for an allotment. And yeah, this is, we've been about 18 months, we've had our allotment out and we love it. Um, so if it's something you're thinking about, I would just get yourself on the list because you never know when it's going to come up. Um, and if you're limited on space and you, you know, you think an allotment would work for you, just maybe just make some moves to make that happen um, because they can be long lists. But in the meantime, you can start growing in any space you have available. Now, if you have a balcony, um, let me tell you this, growing on a balcony or in a small space, I find so incredibly rewarding. I absolutely have loved growing on my balcony. So don't count yourself out just because you think your space isn't big enough. Anything you are able to grow is amazing and one less thing you have to purchase from a supermarket. And all you have to do is just be smart with the space that you have. So firstly, for a balcony, I recommend a small plastic greenhouse. 
remember to weight it down. I actually tied mine to the edge of the balcony. And this can work in a garden or a balcony. Just make sure you weight them down because those things just fly in a storm. And I weighted mine down. A good tip is actually if you have any sort of old water bottles, like those big two litre ones, fill them with water and lay them over the um, the base on the poles because that really helps to weight it down as well um, and that's a great place to start off your seeds and young plants so they are good for small gardens they are good for balconies if you are able to or you do have a bigger sort of glass greenhouse all the better but we're talking about affordable those small plastic greenhouses are affordable you just need to be smart with weighting them down there is also a ton of information on the internet to help you weight them down properly um so i yeah i that's all i've used on my balcony so when it comes to things to grow investigate what would work best in a small space and containers Now you can actually grow a lot in container gardening so don't count yourself out um, in before last summer so pre 2022 I did all of my growing in containers and pots on my balcony and like I said I have grown so much and I got so much joy out of being creative in a small space so we have covered growing in your garden or growing in your balcony but what if you don't have space to grow at all well inside you can certainly grow herbs so you could totally do that um, but if you don't have any further space to grow then you can think about things like purchasing produce locally now have a look around what local farms are near you Maybe, um, you know, you can inquire with like local greengrocers where they get their stuff from. We are particularly interested in organic, you know, pesticides worry me a little. And so, you know, actually keeping our food as clean as possible is really important to us. So that's why growing our own is important to us. But you can certainly inquire locally with local farms. Um, and just find out, you're just going to have to dig and do some research and find out where you could potentially purchase some stuff locally that is sort of locally grown. Right, another tip for creating your own urban homestead. Again, this does relate a little bit to gardening. Um, so this is creating a compost heap and saving your kitchen scraps. Now, Kitchen scraps, I want, I want to talk about a little bit twofold. So I'm going to start by talking about veggie scraps. Because with veggie scraps, I tend to, I keep them, I put them in a, um, like a reusable freezer bag and pop them in the freezer. And then when I have got enough, I use it to make veggie stock. And that is a really, really great way of um, using up your veggie stock. I'm actually going to do... Um, a blog post soon I think about um, how to create your own veggie stock but you can also if you are like we often will have um, meat on a Sunday we'll have uh, a roast dinner if we have like a roast chicken 
immediately after I finish dinner, I actually make up a stock using the chicken bones and make a chicken stock. And a great way to save your stock, because it makes loads, I do it in the slow cooker overnight, um, it makes loads. And what I then do is I actually free put them into like um, uh, an ice cube tray and then I just pop them out and put them in a freezer bag. And then I can use them as and when. So that's a great way to um, use your kitchen scraps, your veggie scraps. Um, but there is so much that can be composted as well. So if you have space in your garden or you have space in an allotment, then create a compost heap. This will really help you um, to firstly create your own compost and then reduce food waste. We have been putting a lot of our time and energy into creating our own compost. Um, here in the UK, after this year, um, there'll be no more peat compost. And so we have been using peat-free compost anyway, but we wanted to really work hard to generate our own compost rather than having to purchase a peat-free compost, which I have had sort of sporadic luck with. Um, so yeah, creating your own compost and reducing your food waste is a great addition to an urban homestead. And you can also add in your coffee grounds, your food scraps, um, your eggshells. They're great to feed your compost heat with. It's obviously not really possible on a balcony because you really need to put your compost heap down onto the earth because you want like the worms and stuff to come up through it. Um, so that is going to make a winner compost. But um, they're amazing. If you can't have a compost heap, have, have a check with your local council and see if your local council uh, recycles food scraps or has a compost composting scheme or even maybe get to know other people at an allotment you might be able to I would think I would be quite happy if somebody gave me their food scraps ish <laughs> um, and to be able to put in my compost heap I would be quite happy with that so while you not might not be able to have a physical compost heap you can probably find ways that you can contribute to it um, if you're making your own compost heap um, wooden pallets is a really easy way to do it or you can purchase ready-made bins whatever works for you um, I really do think though by adding a compost heap to your urban homestead will be a really sort of valuable addition right, the next thing I want to talk about is purchasing produce locally and regenerative meat so buying locally is a huge help to the ecosystem because you're going to encourage fewer food miles and you enable this more farm to fork culture which is something that we are really passionate about um, if you're urban homesteading then the chances are that you're probably not going to be raising your own meat so um, if you have your own homestead maybe you do have um, the ability to raise your own meat but um, urban homestead wholly unlikely um, so search your local area for farms, farm shops, farmers markets and see what produce you're going to be able to source locally, whether that's like fruits and veggies or meat. Um, also look into regenerative farming and regenerative farms that might be able to provide you with the meat you require. So if you're a meat eater, learning to eat nose to tail and eating meat that has come from a regenerative farm is a great way to ensure not only you're eating good meat but you're eating all of the animal as well 
and it will help you in getting some of the most greatest, most bio-available ingredients they are. So farms often produce um, seasonal produce um, and they are usually either from their farm or local farms. I find that at our farm shop. Now, obviously shopping at a farm shop, buying local quality produce or buying regenerative meat can be a lot more expensive. Um, and I appreciate that comes with a great privilege. Um, if you are able to swap even the small amount, if it's affordable to you, then that will be a positive contribution to your urban homestead life. Now, this one is my favourite one, I must say. Transforming your kitchen into an urban homestead kitchen. This is me, guys. <laughs> the heart of the urban homestead is in the kitchen. And I'm going to tell you that it's time for you to transform your kitchen into a homesteader's kitchen. Now, I don't want you to worry. You don't need to be pulling out cupboards or changing everything around. This isn't going to require any kind of refurbishment, but instead I'm going to give you a few tips on how to embrace an urban homestead kitchen. So number one, we're going to learn to cook from scratch. Learning to cook from scratch is the complete heart of the homestead kitchen. So you can do things like creating a sourdough starter so you'll always have fresh bread. Learn how to bake sourdough bread. Sourdough discard crackers are another one. Uh, sourdough discard pizza is another one. There are so many things you can get from uh, sourdough. But even if you didn't want to do a sourdough starter and dive into sourdough, because maybe you don't have the time and that's completely fine. You can bake your own bread with the relative ease. I actually bake a lot of my bread in the bread maker. So I'm combining traditional and modern together. And actually, when I finish recording this podcast episode, I'm going to go and have my dinner. And then I am going to be trialing out a bread, uh, a sourdough bread in the bread maker and see if it works. Who knows? I will get back to you on that one. But just learning to cook from scratch, using the produce that you have, using everything that you have that you can eat. Like I mentioned when uh, about meat eaters, eating nose to tail, utilising every single part that you can and then even the bones, turning that into, um, you know, either like a bone broth or a stock, something like that. Now, number two for the urban homestead kitchen is preserving your food. So preserving your fresh, fresh produce is key in your homestead kitchen. And you're going to learn, want to learn how to utilize your freezer. Um, I, well, we actually leveled up. So we had a fridge freezer and we now have a small chest freezer as well. We only live in a small home, but we invested in this small chest freezer last year. And honestly, it's been a complete game changer. And I think it was about 160 pounds, but it's a chest freezer, but it's just narrower. Um, so it's not like the full size chest freezers. But this allows us to preserve more of the produce that we grow and also enables us to buy our regenerative meat in bulk and then store it. So that's great for the Urban Homestead Kitchen, whether you're a meat eater or not. Um, just utilising your freezer is will be a game changer for your produce. Um, and another thing I couldn't live without is my dehydrator. And actually, my dehydrator is the thing people ask me about most, about whether it's worth investing in. And absolutely, 
we have had a dehydrator since we got married seven years ago and we bought it shortly after we got married and we use it all the time it's great for making snacks for the kids I often make them like dried apple, dried pear, um, banana chips, uh, and they taste amazing. They really, really do. Um, tomatoes are great in the dehydrator. The flavour is next level, so I really, really recommend that. Another thing you can do in preserving your food is learning canning techniques, making produce steps, uh, shelf stable, um, and just ensure you're getting the best out of the products you have. Also, you want to create your own little pantry. It doesn't have to be a physical walk-in pantry, right? It can just be a cupboard in your kitchen that's full of shelf-stable items or tins. Buy in bulk if you have the space so you can keep your costs low. Um, and that's, that's obviously great for those cupboard staples you use in meals frequently. We always buy up local honey in bulk, so we have a pretty constant supply. So now we've gone over the uh, beauty of the homestead kitchen. Honestly, it is wonderful. I spend all my time pottering around in the kitchen and I love it. But now we're going to go on to our homes and how to just embrace a simple homesteader's handmade home. I think another key to the urban homestead and the homestead in general is creating a handmade home. Whether it be creating your own items, repairing what you have, creating products to use around your home, all things like that. When we first started living a more simplistic life, we began to think about the things we use around our home and whether they fit in with our lifestyle. And when you start living this sort of more natural way of life, you, you definitely call into question the items and products you have around your home. We now make our own washing up liquid, hand soap, and cleaning products and honestly if you want the lowdown on those just head over to my blog which is the slowlivingcollective.com you can find all the how to's on how to make these things and I also have the intention of making our own laundry powder and dishwasher tablets soon as well that pretty much wraps up today's episode on what it means to be an urban homestead and how you can dive in and just just get stuck in wherever you live. Don't feel like you're excluded. So whether you're just starting out or you consider yourself a more seasoned urban homesteader, I really hope you found the tips that I gave you today helpful. I hope too that it helps validate that your homestead work is important. You don't have to be a full-blown homesteader. You can employ some of these techniques in an urban setting, in a flat, an apartment, bungalow, house wherever um, urban homestead is often overlooked because you don't have land or you're not raising animals but your work is still important thank you so much for listening to today's episode i hope it inspired you to go and employ some of these urban homestead techniques into your own life and i would love to hear from you if you live this way as well so head over to Instagram. You can follow me there at lifeonplot44. I share everything about our urban homestead life there. And also check out the blog, theslowlivingcollective.com, where I do also share a few little bits there as well. I would love to see that. I would love to chat. I would love to connect. So thank you again for listening to today's episode. And I will catch you in the next one.